Warning! The following episodes contains mature content and might be heard as offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to our second episode of the Introverted Poets Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Harris. And I am her co-host, Eliana Jake. And as promised from our trailer, we are going into detail as to why there was a two-year hiatus. I'm looking at you, boss lady. (laughs) Yes, well... Evidently, life got in the way and I became a mom and moved in with my husband. Congratulations! How is the baby? The baby's great, but being that getting pregnant and becoming a mom takes up a lot of time, this had to be put on the back burner. An amazing reason as to why there was a hiatus, if you ask me. Now, as mentioned before, the purpose of a podcast is to create a safe space for the shy writer slash creative person. Is that still vision today? Yes and no. Yes, because for me, since I write really personal things, going up on stage in front of people that I most likely went to high school with is not very appealing to me and it's actually kind of scary. And being that I write autobiographical fiction, there's still some truth in those fictional stories. Ah, and why the no? The no, because due to this pandemic, our local poetry slam isn't running, and since we are all on lockdown here, I'd like to extend the invitation to the extroverted writer as well. I see. How very thoughtful of you. And how can other writers like myself submit? You better be submitting something, Rachel. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, um, we have a Gmail set up, and it is the introvertedpoetsociety at gmail.com. Altogether lowercase, that is the introverted poet society at gmail.com. We also have a Tumblr, it's called the introverted poets.tumblr.com. Um, again, it is the introverted poets.tumblr.com. Got it. And um, what is the purpose of the Tumblr? The purpose of the Tumblr is so that we can upload a digital copy of the story that will be shared in the upcoming episode. Okay. And with that, we would like to give the audience a chance to read ahead so that they may submit questions to the author and they can answer them on the episode. Oh, wow. That is a very neat concept. Thank you. Um, We are also hoping to showcase other forms of art on the Tumblr, aside from the short stories and poems, hopefully um, shorts, songs, digital art, etc. Very, very cool. Now, the part about a pen name... Would you care to expand on that? Sure. Well, due to me writing autobiographical fiction, I chose a pen name because I don't want what I write about getting back to me ever. (laughs) Really? Yes, really. Not just that, but I'm a very private and secretive person when it comes to my personal life. Like, um... I feel that the person who writes these stories is a completely different person as the one who experiences them. And um, I keep a lot of what I think about certain things to myself just because, you know, I don't like to be judged. And I, you know, it's just a part of me that I feel like I'm going to have to protect and defend from the world to an extent. And that's just me. Oh, so you live like a, a, a double life. Not necessarily, it's just, um, like I mentioned, I like to keep 
public me and private me separate and I feel like the person who writes the stories is just private and we're gonna I want to keep it that way I'm not too sure if that makes any sense yeah it makes sense so can we assume that Ileana Jade is not your real name is Rachel Harris yours haha <laughs> touche now when we first launched I wrote a story based on my high school crush and it was a good story just my studio equipment wasn't that good and Neither is this, but hey man, this will do. Now, for those of you wondering how this is getting recorded, thankfully we live in an era where technology and delivery are a thing. And in keeping with social distancing, I am recording at home from my phone and Ileana is recording from at her home studio as well. Which is basically the concept of the show from the beginning two years ago. We have the author record themselves from a separate location and they send in the audio file attached with their hard digital copy. Then I or Rachel here corresponds with the questions and other materials. This helps keep us anonymous and introverted. And now more than ever safe. Now back to the story. No really, back to the story. Pet dreams. Ah, yes, my brainchild. Mm-hmm. Care to share details? Well, as you recall from the first episode, it was the first thing I had written in a very long time due to being a teenager, and I felt very passionate about the piece. Oh cool. What inspired you to write such a passionate piece? Well, I was single at the time and saw my high school crush out and about, and that feeling of newness and excitement came back up. So, is Pipe Dreams fiction or non-fiction? See, that's the beauty of autobiographical fiction. I can get away with this. Um, I'd like to say it's a good half and half. A half and half how? Well, half and half because a lot of it was what I would have wanted to happen if I could go back in time and redo this particular moment in my life. Oh, I see. A coulda, woulda, shoulda scenario. That's exactly right. Um, Yes, you couldn't have, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, because the dialogue sounds very personal. Uh, that's because the dialogue is very personal. Wow, intriguing. Will there be a sequel? No, no, Pipe Dreams was a one and done. Ah, I see. Yes, but I have been working on other things and currently a series. A series? Yes. What is the series about? I am not too sure yet, but I feel if I give the genre away, I'll be giving the story away. Ooh, a mystery. Yes, a mystery. Will it be based on a former flame like Pipe Dreams was? <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but I'm just going to put this out there and say that all the people I write about, whether it be a major or a minor character, they are all based off of people I know in real life, whether it be a lover, a friend, or a former teacher. Wow. You all have been told, if in case you all are listening out there. Uh, yes, indeed, they have been told, but I, I highly doubt that they, they don't know the writing side of me. Excellent point. Now, about the new pieces that you're writing in this series, is, do you care to share anything about the plot by any chance? Actually, I am glad you asked me that because I have prepped something. Oh, really? Yes, this is more like a prologue or a prequel. Not too sure yet. Still in the works, but I do have a set plot in mind. How exciting. Do you need a moment? 
yes, I do. I gotta get in the mood. All right. Well, meanwhile, Ileana here gets ready. Here is a new ditty called In Her World by, you guessed it, Ileana Jade. It was cold and rainy. The leaves were brown and beige. 
She was listening to the rain tapping against her windshield. She sat there quietly thinking, coaxing herself for another day of the same old mundane routine. Every day the same, nothing new, yet nothing was the same. I don't want to go in there, she thought. I don't want to face the same old perverts. The perverts who give you the animalistic godless stare, the x-ray vision all men are gifted with. But why me? What felt like an eternity had only been two minutes. Laurel got off her SUV and made her way into the fitness center. On the elliptical, she reflected on her recent failed relationships. Dating back to her teens, every romantic encounter had a Shakespearean ending. The first, a cheater. The second, an abusive junkie and cheater. The third, a married one. The fourth, a sociopath. The fifth, a stalker. And this past one? A mythical creature. Yes, this was no ordinary human from the male species. No, no, no. He appeared to be heaven-sent, delivered by the angels. But just like the Greek gods, this mythical man was flawed. She sensed his flawed nature, but didn't care to know about the placeholders before her. She auditioned for the role of a Greek god's plaything. Laurel applied her rose-colored glasses on and leapt into the downward spiral of this mad Styx river. She had been needing to go on autopilot for a while. She had been reciting far too long inside of her head, almost a decade. She had always found this creature appealing but never dreamt of capturing his attention. Laurel never noticed the demigod aiming his arrow towards her. She had been shopping around for a new fitness center and had run into him again at the new gym, just like at her current one. She remembered him from a few of her hit cardio classes and weight training sessions. Again, thinking nothing of him but just another pretty face, she proceeded to explore her potential new gym. From a safe distance, the mythical man studied her every move. Two months had gone by, and Laurel still contemplated whether or not switching gyms would bring her closer to inner harmony. While transpiring between reality and her thoughts, Laurel's phone lit up with a text alert. She swiped to see who it was, a number she didn't recognize. Upon opening the message, the sender had been revealed, the demigod from her hit classes. The creation was asking her out on a date. Laurel hesitated before responding. How did he get her number? When and why had he noticed her? Isn't his preference male? What does he want from her? Was this a sign from the heavens? Was this the breath of life that she needed in order to feel human again? She responded to his messages agreeing to a night out for appetizers and drinks. Days leading to their first real life encounter, Dominic the demigod sent her daily messages, vetting her while simultaneously revealing how she caught his eye while exploring her potential new gym. Exposing how he had envisioned her outside of gym attire, he confessed he visualized her looking exquisite. To him, the bookworm was a siren. Friday night, cold, dark, and rainy. Being winter, darkness spread faster. At 6 p.m. rather than 9.45 p.m., at least in her hometown, that is. Laurel was putting her face on, the final step in her beauty ritual before having Dominic pick her up. Applying her new tinted lipstick, the anxiety began to set in. Breathing became a little difficult. She could hear the tempo of her heart ringing in her eardrums. For a few minutes, she thought about canceling the encounter. Snap out of it, she thought. This is the adventure you need and are craving. With that sentiment, Laurel rummaged through her vanity. She quickly grabbed her miniature pink bick and her straight shooter. She brought it to her tinted lips and lit up while inhaling profoundly. On the exhale, she heard her phone vibrate. It was Dominic. He was on his way for her. She shuddered upon reading the message. She got up and walked towards her fridge, staring at the rouge, contemplating about chugging a cup or three. Mixing a cocktail of central nervous system depressants be wise for her first date. 
She closed the fridge door and settled for taking a few more hits of the blue dream, while applying her eye drops and spritzing herself with her favorite perfume. When her phone shook for a third time, she knew it was showtime. On the other side of her front door, Dominic was waiting for her. And then besides his black muscle car wearing a brown leather jacket, black t-shirt, blue jeans, and chucks. He was fair-skinned, six feet tall, muscular build, broad white shoulders, full pink sensuous lips, light brown hair gelled back. Laura was wearing blue jeans, long sleeve purple v-neck wool top with a zipper on the decolletage, black leather knee-high boots with a square flat heel and straight black shoulder-length hair and a Levi's jacket. They shook hands, formally introducing themselves while exchanging light pecks on both cheeks. Dominic, playing the role of the gentleman, opened the passenger door for her and waited for Laurel to be comfortably seated. On the way to the generic first date at an Italian restaurant, Dominic began making inquiries about Laurel's occupation, education, age, etc., etc. The usual first date background check. She revealed she was 20-something years of age and was studying to be an architect and was a secretary for a landscaping company. Once seated at the restaurant on red leather booths across from each other, Dominic began unveiling his occupation. Being in the public eye, Laurel became distracted with Dominic's knowledge on red wines and other spirits. Due to his occupation, Dom revealed that he was a well-traveled man, and his travels have taught him many, many things. Rather than noting his confession of having two faces, one for the public and one for a select UDC, Laurel was enchanted by his knowledge in other languages and worldly manners. A third confounding variable, which was throwing Laurel's senses off, was the blue dream. Once she was allowed the floor, she began discussing her thesis and plans she had for the summer. During this part of the conversation, Dom's eyes widened and pupils dilated. He then revealed having a master's degree himself and confessed his true age. Prior to their date, Dom played his age off as only being 10 years her senior. Truth is, he was 12 years her senior. She wasn't phased by this. Laura had always preferred her men to be older, wiser, seasoned. Prior to Dom, the oldest man she had ever dated was only 10 years. So what harm could another two years added do? Besides, it didn't hurt that Dom was a walking, breathing Greek sculpture. Once approving of his true age, Dom's mouth widened with a smile and his eyes began to smolder. The date progressed and ended at most first dates too. At the doorstep with a kiss on the cheek. Alright, and with that, we're going to take a short break. And why don't you listen to our ad here? Are you a writer but are too shy to share your work? Do you write things that are so raw that you are ashamed to read them out in public? Does the thought of an open mic night just terrify you? If so, why not share your works here at the Introverted Poets Podcast? Ways for Submission does not have to be anything fancy. You can submit your audio file with your digital copy at theintrovertedpoetsociety at gmail.com. That is theintrovertedpoetsociety at gmail.com, all lowercase together. We hope to read and hear from you soon. And we are back with the creator of the Introverted Poets podcast, Liliana Jade. I am your host, Rachel Harris. And up to this point, we have, we're, have we read the first half of The Collector, Boss Lady? Um, no, we're almost there, though. So um, here's what we have so far. <laughs> Is um, Laurel's on a date with this guy, and the first date just ended. And it's actually pretty good. You know, pretty good first date. Yeah. yeah, so I like where this is going. Laurel sounds like a really well put person. Is is she? Um, you, the only way you would have to find out is if you continue listening, or for those of you who have read the story, you already found out. 
that with my characters, I like to make sure that I introduce their flaws as well as their good points because that's the only way I can make them more relatable. I see. So, Dominic sounds very sexy. Is this where, gonna, where it, like, is this gonna go where I think it's gonna go? Well, yes and no. Depending on what you're looking for and depending on what genre you think this is. But, um, like I've mentioned, I don't want to give away the genre without giving away too much of what it is. And this is just an, an epilogue or a prequel. I'm not too sure yet on how it's going to go. But, um, just keep on listening. Like, I, it's, it's going to get good. Alright, and with that, we are getting back to the story The Collector by the creator of the Introverted Poets podcast, Eliana Jade. The following day, Dom contacted Laurel, immediately rescheduling a second appointment inside the head of the INFJ. Laurel agreed to go on a second date with Dominic the demigod. He had enchanted her since the first day and proceeded to do so via daily text messages. By checking in on her daily, he proceeded to lure Laurel into his hunting trap. Laurel is no longer Laurel. Dominic wiped the slate and changed her nom de guerre to Angeli. The day of the second date, the skies were charcoal and ashy. It was chilly and drizzling. It was five hours before the date and Laurel had received daily messages from Dominic. However, the context and mood had suddenly changed. Dominic no longer playing the role of friendly gesture. He had changed the tone into a sultrier one. He no longer inquired about her hobbies, views on political matters, or future aspirations. Dominic now inquired about Laurel's carnal nature. The inquiries took Laurel by surprise due to him portraying a pious nature. With each question, her temperature rose, filling her cheeks with a tsunami of blood flow. The change in rhythm managed to shift gravity and her equilibrium. Feeling flustered, Laurel was tempted to cancel the date, but the id had won by then. The thought of tasting forbidden fruit was far more enticing than always wondering about what could have been. The hour came for Dom to whisk her away in his black chariot. Stunned with excitement and fear, Laurel quietly let Dom guide her into his car. On the commute to the restaurant, Dom began to pry about her earthier side. Feeling shy, she let out a nervous laugh and looked at the raindrops on the window. Realizing he faced an obstacle in order to get his answers, Dominic had revised the plan B to get Laurel to open and play his game. Enjoying the energy she was emitting, Dominic decided to take her to the classy cocktail lounge. Rather than sitting across from her like the first time, he chose to sit next to her, having her cornered up against the wall, leaving no room to escape. He kept her comfortable by having rum elixirs poured for his angeli. Each rum cocktail made her stomach feel warmer and legs feel lighter. Dom had the fourth drink instinct to his advantage with the rum elevating her body heat. Dom later helped her remove her coat in that cold December night inside the drafty cocktail bar. The coat had been hiding her little V-cut mauve satin silk dress. The dress clung to her curvy figure effortlessly. The silver choker accentuated her décolletage and olive skin. Dom's ravenous smile widened and his eyes lowered. Feeling warm and at ease, Laurel's defenses were obliterated by the rum and Dom's calming nature. With the alcohol fogging her perception, Laurel was no longer aware of the possibilities the night could perspire to. Picking up on her impaired judgment, Dom revisited his follow-up questions about her fleshy nature. Completely disarmed, she answered his inquiries honestly. Feeling pleased about the explicit answers she provided him, Dom ordered a fifth and final round of rum drinks for his angelic host. Seduced by the sweetness of the rum elixirs, Laurel finished them until the last drop. It was last call. Both Dom and Laurel knew one more fill of poison and Laurel wouldn't be lucid. And it is not how Dom planned this night to end. No, no, no. 
For the final chain to be hoisted onto his angel, he needed her to be lucid enough for his final attack on her senses. Feeling sedated and fiery, Laurel played along with Dom's game of 21 questions. Finding a ruse to keep her from going home, Dom offered a cruise onto the desolate streets, inviting her to see his future home. On the car ride over, Dom's gentlemanly nature had dissolved. He no longer relied on subtle double entendres to convey his intentions. His requests were now direct and unfiltered. Upon hearing his request, Laurel blushed while feeling enticed simultaneously. Laurel felt her heart race while hearing Dom's deep voice lower an octave, sending shivers down her spine. Dom parked his car outside a gated residential and turned to face her. Feeling his hazel eyes pierce through her, she turned around to face him. This is where I'm hoping to live, he calmly stated. It's very nice and quaint. Lovely night sky view, she nervously added. Hmm, yes. It does have a nice view, he whispered. But the view I have immediately to my right is more fascinating. Laurel turned to face him. Dominic had unfastened his seatbelt and crossed the border of the cup holder towards the passenger seat. His eyes were closed, shut, and his lips protruded outward. Feeling affectionate and warm, Laurel leaned in the other 30% needed for the first kiss. She, too, closed her eyes, tilting her head to the right, helping Dominic's lips land onto her soft, nude-shaded pout. Upon arrival, Dominic grasped the back of Laurel's curly hair, cupping her head in his palm while pressing his lips harder onto hers. The magnitude and length of his first wave crashing onto her lips numbed her pretty pout out. Dominic pulled away, gasping for air looking out the front windshield, while Laurel looked to her right and placed her right hand finger onto her sore lips, retracing a step. Mother Nature appeared to be on Dominic's side. The drizzle was no longer a light tap. It transformed into a stronger precipitation. Dom convinced Laurel to wait out the storm at his current hideaway. On the drive to his manor, Dom took a hold of her left wrist and nibbled on it gently each peck sending a jolt of life all over her spine. Watching her squirm in her seat invoked the cushy bellow from him. With her left wrist clasped tightly in his right hand, Dom placed her left hand inside his blue jeans. She felt warm, firm, pulsating flesh. No cloth. Just jeans and the highest point of his pelvis. Laurel gasped and looked at him. Dom kept his eyes on the slippery roads while grinning from her shocked reaction. Almost there, my angel. Be patient, he ordered. Still in shock at the geographic location of her left hand, with his right hand still clasped tightly around her wrist, she felt his pelvis grow warmer. Her heart was at her throat, pounding against her eardrums. The gravity had shifted from her legs to her head and chest. They pulled up to an asphalt driveway in a quiet side of town. The only thing stirring the neighborhood was fall leaves and stray cats. Dom opened her passenger door and led her into his cream mansion embraced by a large oak tree. Once the door shut behind them, what little pseudolite pierced through its opening was banished out. Alone in the abyss with her desires and flesh, Dominic stood behind her, wrapping his hands around her tiny waist and pressed her up against his pelvis. A heavy pause helped set the mood for the atmosphere. Laurel took a deep inhale, <sighs> breathed in the scent of Dominic's cologne. On the exhale, Dominic pushed her onto a couch while simultaneously unsipping her silk dress. Laurel landed on her back and in nothing but lingerie and heels, back against a sofa cushion while her hips were elevated on the armrest. Dominic found his way to her in the dark. He gently mounted himself on top of her. 
his arms and broad shoulders barricading Laurel's petite frame while adjusting his knees to encompass her legs. Once comfy, he finally spoke, his husky, booming voice sending shivers down her spine. He professed the energy she was emitting was intoxicating him. Her flesh fully aware and intrigued, she allowed him to bury his face into her nape. He began leaving a trail of nerve-tingling kisses from her right shoulder onto her hypersensitive neck. Once at the neck, he bit down onto her vulnerable nape. Laurel's instinct was to round her back and toss her head further into the couch cushion. Dominic then pulled back onto his feet and pulled Laurel up to her feet by her tiny little wrist. He led her down a hallway in the dark house into a chambre. Once inside his boudoir, Dominic pulled back his curtains allowing the streetlight to illuminate the bedroom. Laurel sat down on the edge of the bed and patiently waited for him to make his way to her. Dominic removed his brown leather jacket and placed it onto a chair. He then walked towards Laurel and placed one of his hands on her neck while allowing the free one to roam past her boundaries of her body. Alas, he had the long-lost Amazon in his web. Her bronze skin, raven curly hair, full lips, toned petite build, firmly in his hands, all for him to consume at his leisure. Feeling her heart beat all around his firm grip, Dom let out a little grunt. Being in full control hyperbolized attention. Dominic held her life in his left hand and her flesh in his right, coating her with his fingertips. Lying on the bed, Laurel felt the warm, firm grip from Dominic's masculine hand. Rather than resisting or feeling alarmed, Laurel let the soft murmur escape her lips. Placing her hands above her head, basking in the masculine energy protruding off of Dominic Dom's skin and firm grasp, she surrendered herself to his masculinity, something she rarely allowed former lovers to witness. Prior to Dominic, Laurel always gave the illusion of being herself to others. To them, her vulnerable side was easy to uncover. Little did they know she had given them tidbits of a false origin story. Dominic being only the second to truly uncover the feminine carnal side of Laurel. For Laurel had never been one to be present in the moments of her life. No. Laurel always played the role of spectator. Her personal motion picture. Always analyzing the character's intentions and her life's plot twists. Somehow, Dominic had gotten the INFJ to slow down her race against time. He managed to get her to forfeit her place in the race and relinquish all logical achievements, leaving them to be attained at another time. For now, he needs Laura to be present and here and now. Usually, a dig at her train of thought stressed her, but Dom had managed to annihilate the walls of defenses Laurel was skilled at constructing. Dom then proceeded to unbuckle his black leather belt and unfasten his torn faded blue jeans dropping to his ankles. Clink! He then pulled his shirt off his upper body revealing his card up Adonis belt and black tight briefs. He strode to the bed, comfortable positioning himself onto Laurel's vulnerable body spreading her legs apart with his right kneecap and placing his hands on either side of her. Laurel, still seated up on her elbows, was now cheek to cheek with Dom. Feeling his hot breath once again on her neck and earlobe, the only other time she felt the gravity shift from within herself, she was hallucinating. After momentarily allowing her to assess the disillusion of personal space while marveling at his sculptured ma masculinity, Dom unloaded his full body weight onto her, forcing her to lower her sternum onto his soft exposed bed. If resistance crossed her mind, it would have been futile. Appearing to be sculpted by the gods themselves, Dominic could easily overpower her. She was no match for him. Lucky for her, his synergy was warm and enticing. Once comfortably mounted onto the bed and Laurel, Dominic proceeded to close the gaps left between their bodies again. 
He crashed his hips and sternum onto hers, forcing her to feel his full weight all over her. Dominic resumed having his right hand clasped tightly around her neck while sneaking his left hand onto her back, pulling her in centimeters closer. Without effort, Laurel helped Dominic lock the final clasp of her restraint. He had her where he wanted her. Three months of patience paid off. Using undertones, Dominic confessed the synergy and flow Laurel had been entrancing him since the first day he scoped her out at the gym that September evening. Feeling speechless, Laurel tilted her head to her right, inviting him to bite her once more. Seeing his cue, Dominic proceeded to take a third serving of her soft little nude shaded pout. His caress was sensational and amorous. Laurel allowed a continuation of waves crashing onto her senses. Once John paused for air, Laurel forced herself to make eye contact with him, all while having his palm latched onto her neck still. Dom's eyes glowed with the film of celacity projecting onto her pupils. Seeing her pupils dilate more, Dom forged a way to drive his hips deeper onto Laurel's pelvis. She rounded herself deeper into his vice while he dove back for one more gravitational shifting peck. Dom then dismounted her and walked towards the nightstand where he had a speaker. Laurel's ears quickly recognized the notes in tempo. He needed the encounter to mesmerize all the senses. For the final time, he mounted himself onto Laurel as if it was going to be his last time breathing her in. The only space left between them was that of their lips not connecting. Laurel elevated herself onto her elbows and began to kiss Dominic's jawline, while simultaneously looking up at him. He let out a passionate sigh and smiled at her. Being chest to chest with her, Dominic looked at the five foot three maiden and shoved her down onto her back. How dare she try to take the reins from him? The night he carefully orchestrated was the last thing Laurel heard before Dom plunged harder. Laurel then mented, arching her back. It was clear this was a power move, used to remind the angel of her rank in this heaven. Dominic roared while engaging in a rocking motion. There she was, entrapped with one arm and anchored by his thighs and pelvis. Alas, his patience gave him what he needed to get his fix. She belonged to him now. While tracing his fingertips over her body, Dom found his way to her neck again and placed it right over high old bone. I wonder if she knows he thought. It seems she didn't. All Laurel did was hold on to Dom's wrist as his thumb applied pressure onto her neck. Those beautiful doe eyes, he thought. I almost feel sorry. By then the crescendo of the drums had reached their peak. Laurel placed her left hand onto his wrist, now clasping with both of her hands. Dominic peered into her honey brown eyes. Her pupils were dilated, nostrils flared, lips parted. He knew he had her where he wanted her. At that moment, he was the only one who could give her what she needed. No one else. Should he give her what she wants and keep driving into her? Or should he stop and leave her hanging? I keep going with stands. Always. Yes, she is shiny and new. But after this, she will always be yours. He carefully contemplated. Why was he hesitating, she pondered. What is he waiting for? I'm all his. This is the closest we can get. We're almost there. I'm almost there. Just do it. Finish her. He decided. Dom then drove harder and more precisely into Laurel. Laurel's nails clawed into his forearms. Her breathing became heavier and louder. Engaging his core, he kept rocking, making his pace faster, shoving himself more aggressively into her hips. After a few power drills, he seemed to have finally broken Laurel's honeypot. Laurel finally arched her back and let out a profound, soft-pitched groan. Good girl, he grunted. 
Laura was gasping for air, eyes closed. Dominic watched the female warrior in all her vulnerable glory on her back, gasping for air, with her brain temporarily fried and shut down. He then proceeded to turn her onto her stomach. Placing his right hand under her abdomen, he managed to prop her up on all fours. She was now facing the mirror across his bed. Seeing her reflection in the mirror, the reality of the situation threw her off. She found looking at herself in this way unnerving and jarring. Relax, my angel assured Dominic while rubbing her lower back. Nothing wrong with peeking. Laurel then proceeded to make eye contact with herself. She did not recognize the vixen staring back at her. She looked at Dominic and saw him positioning himself on the bed. Once ready, she felt his rigidness pierce through, forcing her to wince. <laughs> Easy. He commanded. He made eye contact with his reflection as well, only instead of feeling awkward, he looked confident and assertive. Laurel noticed the arrogance emitting from his smug smirk and shifty eyes. He wasn't making love to her. He was actually acting out a role. No longer feeling the novelty of the situation, Laurel turned to stop Dominic. What? What's wrong? He gasped. Were you close? No. Are you? What's wrong? Does it hurt? No, no, no. You're great, really. Truly the best, she gushed. So what's wrong, Laurel? It's just... The whole mirror thing. I have never imagined I'd be seeing myself doing this so soon. Oh, 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 so too intense? Yeah, a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, here. Come lay down. He motioned on the other side of the mattress, facing away from the mirror. Laurel faced the door on all fours again and patiently waited for him to restart. There was a pause. Laurel wondered what the hesitation was. She turned around and saw him grabbing his jeans. What are you doing? She asked. Oh, silly us. We got so wrapped up in the moment, you know, we forgot to use protection. He replied. Oh, right. By all means. Laurel turned her head away and began facing the wall and door again. She patiently waiting, hearing his belt and pants rustle. She heard the crumpling of the wrapper and Dominic making a profound exhale. Okay. Ready? He asked. Ready, she responded. Laurel felt the bed move as Dominic pulled her by the hips towards his pelvis. In a quick sip motion, Laurel felt a firm thick strap around her neck. Dominic then pulled Laurel off the bed and onto her feet, all while clasping onto his belt around her neck tightly. Laurel unsuccessfully tried using her fingers to break the vice the belt had on her neck. He then turned her around and made her face her reflection once more. Look. He grunted into her ear. Look at your reflection, Laurel. Laurel looked in the mirror and saw her eyes swelling and releasing tears, her mouth gasping for the air surrounding her, yet denied to her by Dominic. He smiled as she pieced together the reality of the situation. He inquired while tightening the belt until he heard a snapping sound, and Laurel's body went limp. It was cold and rainy. The leaves were brown and beige, their texture crisp, fragile. The rain was tapping against her cold, dull skin. She laid there quietly waiting for someone to find her. Every day the same. Nothing new, yet nothing was the same. Three years had passed, and no one ever knew whatever happened in Laurel, until light met you. Dominic was sitting across the table from a five-foot-three fair-skinned brunette. Wow, Dom, that was quite the story you wrote there, she remarked. The woman had a curvy build to her, wide hips, full breasts, short curly hair, and round frame specks. Thank you. Being complimented by someone like you means the world to me, Professor. Oh, no, 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 not yet. I won't be... A professor until a few months from now. I still gotta pass the dissertation panel. Well, 
here's to successful teaching in your future, Gina. They toast it waiting for their appetizers to arrive. The end. Ooh, girl, that story was crazy intense. You're right. This totally was what we were not expecting. That's insane. And you say that these people are based off of people you know? Uh, yeah. Everyone I ever write about, like I said, whether it be a major or minor character, it's, I'm gonna end up writing about you because I honestly feel that we meet everybody for a reason and they leave tidbits of them with you, whether for good or for bad. And, um, yeah, like, you know, I totally started writing this thinking of passion and love and totally took it down a whole different direction and honestly there's just something cathartic about making him into the bad guy because you know we are all the bad guy in someone's story and I wonder if I'm the bad guy in anyone's story and if they've written about it and I would love to hear that. <laughs> that is very interesting Ileana. Wow I'm still amazed how it went. I did not have the chance to read this prior to recording, but um, I'm amazed and I, I kind of glad I didn't because I got to enjoy the ride, but then again, I'm more auditory than visual, but I can't wait to read the actual series and seeing what it's going to be about, how it all comes together, how it unfolds, and you say that this is going to be based off of like, you know, a mystery kind of video? Yeah, it's going to be a mystery, and for those of you that haven't pieced it together, it's going to be kind of like a true crime, but not necessarily a true crime. It'll be inspired by true crime, but it'll still kind of be autobiographical fiction, because I like to focus on the relationships of the characters and their flaws and um, the good traits, like I said, just to make them a little more relatable. <clears throat> but, um, yes, so we'll see what happens with... Dominic and what he and and what's going on with this professor chick and what's going to happen <clears throat> okay and that's going to be it for us here at the introverted poets podcast I am your host Rachel Harris here with the boss lady and creator Eliana Jade for those of you that have questions for Eliana or myself you can email us at the introverted poet society at gmail.com that is all together lowercase the introverted poet society at jmail.com or you can send your submissions to our tumblr at the introverted poets.tumblr.com all lowercase and together like the gmail that is um, the introverted poets.tumblr.com and that's going to be it for us stay home and stay safe